Do you like weird shit? I like weird shit. Not actual shit. Well, maybe sometimes. I'm your host, Ravi. I'm joined by my two brothers, Christian and Arjuna. And we're talking Lovecraft Country and Star Trek Lower Decks, two shows that pride themselves on being weird as fuck. Also, we're entering the season of The Mandalorian, so we've got a news around that. And it's also not Monday, so that's weird. It is. This is very, very strange. This is. It's a Tuesday. It's a twisted Tuesday. And what's weird is I woke up this morning thinking it was a Monday. And then, and then a, a particular song uh, also dropped in my head. Have you heard of the song Magic Monday? It's like, it's not another Magic yep. Monday. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then I saw... Oh, so, Manic I, I saw... Manic Monday. Thank yeah. you. And then I saw somebody put out there... Just like another Mando Monday, oh, and I was like, no. "That's that's great." Oh. Now, what about what about David Bowie's "Where the Fuck Did Monday Go"? That's another good Monday. It's a good song. Monday song. What about the "I Don't Like Mondays"? What about the band oh, or song? Uh, sorry, uh, Blue Mondays. Oh yeah, it's another really good one. Yeah, a lot of Mondays. A lot of Monday. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't like it. You guys having a good Tuesday? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is confusing. No. No, Tuesday, Tuesdays are busy. Tuesdays are my busiest days. Tuesdays yeah. are my busiest Monday, days, too. Monday and Tuesday for me in my current work situation is, no, Sunday? is my busiest. No, I mean, Sunday I work, but it's easy. Uh, okay. it's, um, it's, it's just kind of relaxed and then cutting a couple things. But Monday, Tuesday, it's very heavy for me right now, for sure. But maybe that changes. Who knows? Anyway, <laughs> we're going gonna to move into what people are tuning in for, which is us talking and giving our completely biased untruthful, meaningful opinions. Mispronunciation. Wow. (laughs) Bad grammatical, bad sentence forming opinions on television shows that we judge harshly. Starting, of course, with Lovecraft. Mm. Lovecraft Country, episode six, premiered on Sunday. I just actually watched it today. Mm. On Tuesday. (laughs) On Tuesday. (laughs) On a Tuesday. Um... I guess I'll, I'll start because it's the front. You have it fresh. I refresh in, in my mind. I'll say this: <laughs> this episode did not <laughs> disappoint <laughs> in regards to continuing the the uh, the blood abuse <laughs> that this show has uh, come to know, come come to come to come to, to be known for. Which is, it's not a show about racism and about the horrors of mankind. It's a show about. How much blood can we put on the screen at one time? Ravi, it's one of your high school video projects. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But well done. But well done, yeah. With and no ketchup. Yeah. Gotta yeah. love ketchup. Uh, I mean, wow. Uh, it, it's, it's like, in the back of my mind, I was wondering going into the episode, how are they going to follow up last week's episode, right? Yeah. Last week's episode was, I think I used the word uh, visceral. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was shocking. It was disturbing and i was like so what are they gonna do are they gonna like go about face are we gonna have like an, a, a light-hearted funny episode no 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 we're gonna have a flashback spoiler alert and we're gonna make it very we're gonna make it j- just as disturbing maybe not as um gory on the eyes i don't think anything's ever gonna beat last week's episode in that category sure but just as disturbing I think this episode, I mean, last week's episode was much more fantastical, right? It was the idea of metamorphosis and changing out of your skin. And there's a very gross imagery of a person emerging from the skin of another person. <laughs> a person trying to get out of from inside of another person. Yeah, and, and there was there was obviously another, there was another big element of that with the, the fox spirit and the, the kind of tendrils that come out and... 
make people explode. <laughs> well, but but well, hold on a second. But I, I but another visual and disturbing part of this episode too, which I think was even more disturbing than that, were the were the um, the injuries and the mm. uh, the stuff that you saw on the soldiers, right? Like you. One of the early scenes in the episode is the nurses kind of going through dissected bodies and like trying to identify stuff. And that to me was like really disgusting because hmm. you just had like these bodies open. But you up know that's like, like real medical. Like yeah, they they do that. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, of course that's real. But still, yeah. as a viewer, it's disturbing, right? Like it's disturbing to see a human body opened up. And I don't. Like, I don't like, know well, if we, I don't know if I'm just desensitized. Same. I think because I'm desensitized. I, I, didn't even, I didn't even blink twice. I, yeah, I, I did. I, I mean, but like uh, <laughs> yeah, I didn't either. Well, Maybe there's something wrong with us. Yeah, there's something. What about the so many? The, the soldier with the guy's bone coming yeah. out of the leg. Even that, I, I would say, I thought, honestly, when you started your monologue, I thought you were going to say that the parts that were just equally disturbing as her vaporizing and pulling, you know, sucking people's souls and sure. making them just turn into gowns of blood. I thought the other part that was very disturbing to see was um, Tick and his unit and what they did to the nurses. Absolutely. Yeah. That, yeah. that, I thought that to me was... Um, I don't know which one's more uncomfortable. They're both uncomfortable. Probably the <laughs> fact that the, the, what the, the U.S. soldiers were doing was uncomfortable because that's what happened. That is what happens, unfortunately, in times of war. Uh, I mean, fox spirits take over women and they blow people up, too. That actually happened. Well, actually, let's let's talk about <laughs> fox, or you put fox, spider, lady spirit. Um, it's known as a kumiho? The kumiho. Spirit, which is actually a... Um, it is part of uh, Korean culture it is basically and I'm, I'm probably butchering so forgive me but the idea is a female that is of um extraordinary beauty that attracts the uh, men and then ultimately either uh feasts on their heart or their liver depending oh. on which folktale you take take into account um, That's very in this story obviously she's taking their souls mm. Uh, and then what was also interesting is on Variety, they did an interview with the VFX team. And they typically, the Kumio spirit is uh, a beautiful woman, but she has like a fox tails. And those fox tails is what she used to kind of kill the individual. But instead, they wanted to make it a little bit more disturbing so within the spider legs. The spider legs and. I don't. I don't know if you would call them spider legs. They're, or? Ki- they're kind of fox. They're fox tail ish because they're definitely mm. like these hairy <laughs> tentacle things. But then there's also like the Suckers. the things that go on the eyes that kind of suck out your memories. The most disturbing thing was that it, they came out of every hole. <laughs> I'm sorry, but like, and they went like, into every yeah, hole. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Obviously, you yeah. expect you expect the ones. You know, you expect. The, most of them, where they came from. Sure. And then she has some coming out of her ears. And then she has some coming out of her eyes. And you're just like, what the yeah. fuck? Well, so <laughs> I wouldn't say they came out of her eyes. It looks like her eyes turned into them. Oh, okay. And then extended to well, connect either to way. the other eyes. Yeah. Either way. It's like, anyway, she's all, got tentacles coming all, out of her eyeballs. All we know now is the <laughs> last what happened in last week's episode with Ruby putting the uh, the stiletto through that guy's ass you know, was just a precursor to the uh, foxtail going up that other guy's hands. <laughs> and making him go boom. <laughs> making him go boom, exactly. Yes. Uh, what was more disturbing, him blowing up or her yelling out the same thing of him on top of Mount Everest as he then blew up? You know what I mean? Like no, in the same tone. And, I mean, but like it added to the oh yeah the creepy factor. But she's sure. like... You're, the last thing you hear before you die is like something you said, essentially. And then you blow up. I, I just thought of something that's more disturbing than everything we've just said. 
the nature under which that the spirit was summoned in the first place. Yeah, like, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which yes. is, uh, so is the character's name uh, or the, the woman is Gia, right? Yeah. So the mother, we learn, summons the spirit because she finds out, or maybe she knew the whole time, but the her husband was sleeping with young Gia uh, as, a, as a child. Was right? raping her. Yeah. That's the most disturbing part of the episode. Let's be honest. It, that is, it's 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 just like well, and it goes back to disgusting. Ravi said throughout, and the, also, but then also, the spirit doesn't doesn't quite understand like even why it's bad, right? Right, or, right because the spirit has no memory of Gia. Well, correct. She doesn't know the context of that relationship because she she has a memory. She can she remembers. She has the, the whole, memory of the the of the, the actual fucked up father. Yeah, but she doesn't have the memories from Gia's perspective. Oh, she only has the new memories of Gia. Right, right, right. Gia. But she has his perspective from his perspective right. of what he did to her. Right. Yes. Yeah. Which right. Is, but he doesn't have actual G. Like, yeah. The whole reason the mother did this was because she wanted to get her daughter back. Mm. Which also makes me wonder then, did the father kill Jiha? No, yeah, I don't think so. I'm I think this sure. is just a. She went to the shamans, like, I want my daughter to be able to protect herself. So the mother knew. That this raping was going on. And she didn't know what to do. So she went to the shaman and said, you know, make my daughter into this, you know, you know, bring the spirit in so she can protect herself. And she obviously knew that this would kill uh, the father. Um, but what she wasn't ready for was the consequence of, well, now she... In protecting her daughter, she's lost her daughter because mm-hmm. it's not her daughter; it's the spirit. Right, and that, and she's so hell bent on okay, get to the hundred souls, and I'm gonna get my daughter back. But I don't know if that's necessarily the case. It just seems like get to a hundred because then you've absorbed enough memories to kind of pass as human. That was the interpretation I actually oh, got from it. Like I, I don't, I think the consequence of like her daughter and her memories, like I think it's gone, and I don't think it's coming back. So even if she had, um. You know, killed Tick in that moment. I don't think like all of a sudden her daughter's back and then she doesn't have the spirit or anything hmm. like that. Or at least that's yeah. that's how I interpret it. Yeah, not not sure, really not sure because we never saw it. But uh, but disturbing. This whole episode disturbing on every level: the mental, the emotional. The, physical. the other thing that I think that's interesting too with the spirit and with Jiha is she or she doesn't take Tick's life and is truly in love with Tick. Now Tick, you know. Prior to him, that last time sleeping with Jiha, shows that he does care for her and is in love with her. Mm-hmm. Now, when he is with, oh no, what's Letty. That? When he's with Letty, Letty asks about Jiha, you know, indirectly or whatever, and Tick says, you know, no, that was a, a like a that's a done done thing, right? But clearly. There's still something there, and I think the fact that we had an entire episode about this character's history shows that she's going to be very, very important I hope so. coming up because she's going to ultimately either, I think, A, be the reason Tick dies or B, the reason Tick lives. Well, I, I mean, going off of that, the, the big reveal in the episode is the, you know, every time that we assume Gia has done this, she absorbs all the memories of the person. When she starts to do this process to Tick... She sees what she assumes is the future. She sees how Tick dies. And that's when she tells him, don't go home. 
And this now gives more illumination to the conversation, the two conversations they've had on the phone. As we know, he had been calling Korea and talking to... All some, of Korea? All of Korea, yes. He'd been talking to Gia. Hello, Korea. Gia, and then we now know, have a little bit more interpretation of the... Um, the the dream the the uh, uh, the hallucination that he had in episode two where he was fighting Gia in a war in a in a Korean soldier um, outfit and that was basically the metaphor of what was basically his whole time in Korea so because clearly he did there's there's two types of there's two scar major scars he has from Korea it's the horrible things he did while he was a soldier and. It's probably that event because that was, I would assume, is his first time dealing with anything supernatural. Because mm. remember, in episode one, he's super calm when he sees the the uh, vampire creatures. I think Uncle George Letty asks him, like, "How are you so calm?" The reason we now know he's probably so calm is he saw the the tails. <laughs> the, the tails were on him. You know what I mean? Like he was well, he think- was about to go boom. I think that, but also, like, I mean, that part, yeah, that definitely freaked him out. But then, like, also you have to imagine, like, a person in war. Yeah. Like, he didn't hesitate when that other soldier said private. Like, he just went out and did it. He killed He killed he, the, it the, was just, the woman. There yeah. was no hesitation. He just right. did it. So I think his character, regardless of any supernatural stuff, he has seen some shit. And he is kind of, I think, unfortunately, kind of locked down in terms of like what is going to disturb him and what yeah. is not going to disturb him. If I had to I wonder if I wonder if in that moment where he he flies off and he's like what's that and he was freaking out is it because of the tentacle stuff or is it because of what he also saw in conjunction with her? Well yeah, he is I I assume he maybe saw that death yeah. part too. I feel like your own death would be more horrifying than vampire right. Nuggets and, and then I mean and then we know tentacles. remember he when he um, when he was kind of deciphering the symbols on the ring it spelled out die remember right. and then he called her all freaked out and was like how do you know how do you know because this is a, this is obviously in the back of his mind that like oh me going home is gonna somehow lead to my death now I don't think he's gonna stay dead like my my personal interpretation of that is I think he may die for a moment. But come back in some way. It'd be it'd be strange if they just killed him off. Nah, I feel like. Um, but becomes, maybe we'll see. We'll see. It'll become Letty um, show after that. I mean, she is <laughs> new theme song. It's the Letty show. She is she is uh, she is billed as a star of the show. She's Letty, number, really? Yeah, the actress oh. who plays Letty is the. Well, then there you go. They're gonna the kill Atticus, and uh, Letty is gonna be the one who lives. Maybe. Yeah. Um, Which is. But yeah, it, I mean, it was. It's. It's definitely interesting background. It gives a lot more context to some things. Uh, like if we go off, you know, Tick when he uh, makes love to Gia, we know according to him that's his first time. He's he's a virgin at that point, um, which gives more context to the scene we have between him and Letty because Letty reveals when he has sex with Letty that that's her first time. Um, so there's definitely some connections made here. You see, you know, how much of that puppy love that Tick has with Gia. And like Ravi said, what he tells what he tells Letty and what you see with Gia are two different things. And so does she come back? Is she going to come to America somehow uh, in Chicago? Or is he going to go back to Korea? Is there, is there going to be some type of link up? I think there is. Because there's certainly more to this character, mm. but 
know. What year? So it's 1950 is the last scene that we see with her talking to Shaman. What year is Tick and all the current events happening? I, I, I don't. I think it's just a few months after. Okay. I don't think. I mean, I, I can look it up, but I don't think it is like a ton of time after. Okay. Because doesn't the show start with Tick coming? Yes, from Florida. From Florida. So he comes back to Florida, but we don't know how long he's in Florida yeah. for. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or what he's doing there. Right. right. Okay, cool. Uh, one last thing on the Lovecraft stuff. Um, communists mm. were brought up, obviously, during the Korean War. That was a big thing. They were going after everyone that was preaching communism. I thought one of the interesting parts there was Jiha's friend, another fellow nurse, was also interested, was basically a communist, Turns out she was the one sneaking information from that nurses group. And she said something I thought that was kind of interesting that I think is within the general theme of all of Lovecraft, which is, you know, why must we be persecuted for our different beliefs? We should be allowed to let, you know, let be, let live, whatever that phrase is. I thought that was interesting, even though we weren't in you know, America during in the Jim Crow era. Like that wasn't our setting. We were over in Korea uh, during this war, they were going after people. They were being biased of people. And then, obviously, Jiha had the, a similar conversation with Tick and with the um, American-Korean soldier. And they both were like to her, hey, we're basically nothing in our country, mm-hmm. which surprised her, which you know, I'm sure back in that time that would surprise a lot of people. Uh, but I thought that was interesting that they continued that theme there when it obviously makes sense, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So we were wrong. Uh, the beginning of Lovecraft Country takes place in 1954. So it's four years later. It's four years later. Dang. Uh, so some time has passed. So yeah, he was doing. He was like working in Florida or something. Yeah. Yeah. Cause it was like a couple lines. I don't think it's anything specific, but someone asked him, "It's like, where, right. where'd you come from?" And Florida he, he for? came back to Chicago because his father went missing. Yeah. And he got the letter. So it's right. curious. So then it's definitely interesting to see what we know. Then he did something between end of his time or his uh, tour. In 1950 to 1954, we know he was in Florida, or he could have gone. Maybe he went and saw some other vampire. Mm-hmm. What are they? I, mean, I want to keep calling them nuggets, vampire nuggets. They remind me of chicken nuggets for some reason. <laughs> Maybe because the nuggets are playing tonight. I have no idea. Yeah, uh, I'm really not sure. We have a question here. So if it's been four years, Gia, and we know at 1950 had 99, has 99 souls. So 99 pounds. What the bitch? So. <laughs> In those four years, how many more souls do you think she's taken? Do you think she got to 100? Do you think she got to 100 and just kept going? Because the shaman, the last line is like, you are just beginning. Like, your story is no, no way near told being done and the amounts of horror or, or something like that. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting question. I don't think there's any way to know. I think the more interesting question is the fact that we've really, up until this episode, only been introduced to one kind of magic. And that's the the wizards, right? Yes. Uh, now we're getting a very Eastern flavor uh, type of magic, a completely yeah. different, supposedly, a different form of magic, a magic that works in a different way, maybe, probably. Um, so I think that's interesting, right? Uh, do we think we're going to have a clash of magics? Are these two opposing magics? Is it the same force? Is it is it the same? We don't know any of these these questions yet. So sure. hopefully that will get revealed. Uh, I'm sure Ryder's going to ask it. Where are the aliens? Well, Where are the aliens? Something we should mention. So Gia is the alien in the dream that comes mm-hmm. down. Um, so Maybe there are no aliens. 
Maybe they're all aliens. Or maybe that opening sequence is just how yeah. Tick's mind interprets what's happening. Since he reads a lot, too. Right. So maybe, based on the fact that he saw her with tentacles, he draws an alien conclusion. Sure. That makes sense. Which, if that's the case, I'm still a little bummed because I want some fucking aliens, man. Yeah, yeah. This is how it's going to happen. They're going to solve the mystery of the season. They're going to rid themselves of the wizards. And then, boom, the aliens come down. I'm fine with that. Are you getting Tales of Arcadia vibes? Like, if we have aliens come, oh, it's, yeah. literally, it's literally like Troll Hunter, yep. Three Below, and then the other one. So all you're saying they, tro- they, they copied Del Toro? Absolutely, they did. In fact, he's probably a secret wizard <laughs> producer on this. Well, HP, I mean, HP <laughs> yeah. Lovecraft has uh, inspired a lot of horror. Probably sci-fi. every modern day. So, I mean, that, that's how you could kind of pull maybe some inspiration. Yeah, I, I'm getting a Pennywise. I'm kidding. <laughs> oh, we need clowns. <laughs> yeah, that's some clowns in there. I agree. Uh, we're going to change it up a little bit. Arjuna, was Lovecraft Country Episode 6 good? Yes, it was good. And um, it's the, the last two episodes have definitely been very uh, gory and, and, and everything. And now I kind of understand why Episode 4 was so funny. Yeah. Because uh, you, you, you probably needed that before this. So well, it's going to be interesting to see what Episode 7 is. Um, I think we're finally. I saw. I watched the preview, and we are going to get more uh, on uh, Hippolyta mm. in episode seven, which uh, is going to have some very interesting elements, uh, and I'm excited for that, especially because we haven't seen her in uh, a few weeks. So that will be good to good to see. Uh, Krishna was Lovecraft season one episode six. Good. Yes, it was. Uh, I really like all these characters. I think it's. It's maybe the strongest cast of characters on television right now. Uh, everyone's like really well defined. Uh, everyone's like super interesting. Uh, I thought it was interesting how during the episode, Tick did some horrible things, and I'm still in its corner. I still like him. The last two episodes have have really done a lot of have, have illuminated a lot more in Tick that make him unlikable. Yeah, or they're or trying they try to, to at least they try make to. you. Uh, like him less than maybe you did in the first few episodes. Yeah. He's a very fleshed out character. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, put it this way, right? If HBO can redeem uh, Jamie Lannister, they can probably, they can make anyone who's good bad and anyone who's bad good. Well, first off, you mean redeem Jamie Lannister for no reason at all and then (laughs) make him the same and have him be crushed by rocks. Sure. That's what happened. That is what happened. (laughs) It was so stupid. Ah, Ravi, was uh, this episode of Lovecraft Country, season one, I think episode six? You were literally just asked this three seconds ago. Yeah, but I can't trust him. Oh, my God. What if he's lying? Don't you have the outline up? No, I'm uh, I'm watching us on uh, Twitch right now. That's weird. Yeah. Was it good? Yes, it was good. I think it was a nice... It was a different episode. Uh, when I look back at the 10 episodes, this will be one of the ones that stands out because it's a flashback episode. Not only that, but it takes us to a completely different country. Different magic. Different magic. Different core group of characters for this episode. And they did an amazing job making me actually care about these individual characters so quickly. Yeah. And it added a lot of context to the first five episodes of what we've seen. It, it, it answered some mysteries that we have while adding some more, too, which is it's great. It's almost like a group of producers, writers, and directors sat down and planned everything properly. Wait, you can do that? 
That's yeah. possible. To yeah, do? you should let uh, you should let some other creators of another HBO series. Oh, the CW shows. Anyway, moving on to other shows that I think are planning things out properly. Star Trek Lower Decks. Mm. We got episode seven. Seven. Wow. And this episode was called Freaky Dog. Much ado about. Much ado. No, no, no. Ado. Ado. What the hell? Much ado about Jesus. English really is your second language. It really is. How'd you know? Oh, because much ado, heavy. I speak the Queen's second cousin's English. (laughs) Oh. (laughs) And she was inbred, which explains everything. And a cannibal. And a cannibal. (laughs) Probably. Yes. And you'll never hear from the three of us again. (laughs) We're onto that secret. Uh, But yeah, we got a, a new episode of Star Trek Lower Decks. Again, the show, I think, is still doing a great job of combining uh, goofy comedy and fun Star Trek um, things that we know, that we've seen, mm. and making a very entertaining 22 to 25 minutes <laughs> of content. Yeah. Um, that doesn't make me want to pick up my phone and look at Twitter mm. and see the political unrest in the country. Wow. Yeah. At least for 22 minutes yeah. a week. If a show can do that, it's successful, I, I would say, by these standards. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah. No, I agree with that. Um, yeah, nice, a nice little episode. Uh, it contrasts nicely with Lovecraft. Lovecraft is disturbing, <laughs> heavy, and a bit on the long side. Star Trek Lower Decks is like the exact opposite. Science-based, <laughs> um, short, funny, nothing serious, nothing heavy. Yeah. Doesn't, you don't really even need to think too much, which I actually really enjoy. Uh, good episode. Um, got a freaky dog. Uh, named the dog. Named the dog. Uh, I, I loved the, the storyline with, uh, the, you know, the, them going to paradise to uh, try Division and fix. 14. Yeah, yeah. To fix all I this. I love that. So I, I got I got The first question as a Star Trek, uh, boob is. Is Division 14 real? Is Division 14 appeared in anything else besides. Not that I'm aware of. So I, I, I decided to pause the episode, like when they were first <laughs> mentioned, because I was like, I need to know. Yeah. And I looked on the Star Trek official wiki page. I looked through like a bunch of fan forums. There is no mention okay. of Division 14 anywhere else. Yeah. Which I think is great. And it's okay. Oh, we yeah, have, for sure. We have a bunch of other divisions. There's like, uh, was it Division Zero? Yeah. Uh, it's probably the most famous. What's the time one? Division Nine. I want to say Division Nine because they're the ones that appear in Deep Space Nine. They're the ones that yeah in yeah. the 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 fun episode. Are where they Federation? They're all yeah. These divisions are all Federation, but think of them like special groups. Yeah, for sure. Because the Federation's idea was like we can all be great and everything is wonderful, but then they need like these other divisions to the like specialists. Yeah, the spec ops essentially to go and take care of things. Um, the, the the time division or I want to say time force division time force. <laughs> the time division like their whole thing is investigating um, issues when there's time and um, anomalies or disruptions in the space time continuum division 14's whole purpose is basically taking the medical what mysteries. the hell happened <laughs> medical mysteries and then taking them all to a central uh, location to kind of be worked on uh, and they had, they, they had so many good references they were making fun of like Captain Pike with the radiation thing. They had like multiple ones of of, of the the Pike uh, illustrations in there. They they did they they had, this this episode continued. Like I think they've been on a hot streak recently with Lower Decks because this really is Rick and Morty meets Star Trek, and like that's what what I keep getting where they have these just kind of zany wacky plots that build on 
the lore, like your inner lore within the show, but also because Star Trek's an expansive universe and Rick and Morty, you know, for example, is maybe not. Uh, so what's different about this show is that it also expands on that universe lore, which you have like these new divisions and these new planets and like these new AI threats running around. And I am super excited to see like what they do with another season or, you know, subsequent seasons. Cause they can, they can bring back so many elements. You know what I mean? Like the dog has to come back. <laughs> the division 14 planet like has to come back. You know what I'm saying? Like they're also, you know, building these relationships with these characters, like Mariner's friend who she went to the Academy with. She's a captain. Well, captain Ramsey, right. Well, well, Mariner's an ensign, right. But, and then she like plays dumb, but she's clearly very capable to do that. So it's just adding more to that character, but also to the, uh, to the, um, to the story and everything. Mm. Uh, we do have comments coming in on Twitch, and for those listening and watching, you know, make sure uh, check us out on twitch.tv slash was it good. During the live podcast, we will answer a couple of these questions. One of the questions that we just got, <laughs> we got which from uh, Miko Man, was uh, I had a hard, real hard time with how much the main character need, needs to slack off and rebel. Uh, there are rules for a reason. We have a real life Boimler. <laughs> um, Michael's our Boimler. Michael Matter, are you Dennis Quaid's son? Jack. <laughs> that might be it. Yeah. I think it's an interesting question. I think, you know, um, Ensign Mariner, she's she's slacking off. And I think we know we know from the first episode her parents, her lineage is very Starfleet. And I think that would make anybody kind of want to rebel, regardless of the Federation. I think it's just being a kid and, and parents yeah. and then that whole whatever. And I, I'm sure at some point we'll get a better understanding. She has a father who is an admiral. She has a cap. She has a mother who is a captain. Her entire life from day one has just been Starfleet, Starfleet, Starfleet. 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 That would right, drive anybody to like want to hate and just be done with. But what's interesting is she's still, she's of the mindset of she, cause she loves space exploration. Yeah. She's really good at it. But she doesn't like. So it's it's like she joined Starfleet to explore the universe and be emerged in that because she, that's what she grew up with. But she hates all those rules and the strict the strict regulations. And what I like about that is what what I like about it is it's just something you haven't necessarily seen a lot of in Star Trek because you're always following, you know, you're always following the the crew the the. The, the officers and stuff who are the, the top of Starfleet and they're, you know, they're in charge of the ship and they do follow the rules uh, and all that type of stuff. And there's been some variations. They've tried, you know, like Voyager, for example, tried to bring in the rebel group and that lasted an episode. And No, that lasted two seasons. No, three, two seasons. What are they called again? Exactly. The board. They put on. They put on Starship. They put on. They put on Federation uniforms in Episode Two, and that was basically the Marquis. Yeah. Exactly the, the Marquis. But remember, they had to put on Federation uniforms because the idea was two different conflicting ideologies for a group of people in space in an entirely uncharted area of space. No one would survive, and a lot of the Marquis are ex-Federation. Like I think ninety-nine percent of them right. are ex-Federation. Right. If anything. Mariner should probably go and find the fucking Marquis and have hung out with them. Do they still exist at this time? I, this mean, time? I mean, I guess this is shortly after the end of Voyager. Yeah, so in theory, yeah, they would so. still be around doing their thing. Yeah. Hmm. Yes, yes, yes. Still, yeah, I'm going to say my favorite part was the dog. 
especially the fact the that dog. The, the dog could speak <laughs> and fly. And the, the fact that Transform. she the fact that she had no idea if it's not what dogs do was pretty funny too. Mm. That was that was a fun gag, uh, and everything. So yeah. I think what we're we gonna all unilaterally say that it was good. <laughs> it was great. Yeah, it was good. It was wonderful. It was good. It was, it was good. Krishna, I, I have a quick question. We're seven episodes into a Star Trek show. This is probably the most Star Trek you've ever watched in your entire life. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, you know. What do you think of the show, seven episodes? Almost done a full season. I mean, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. It's held my attention. It's funny. Um, uh, like I kind of said at the top, you don't have to think too hard. It's just an entertaining good time. Would you? Are you going to watch the second season? Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely tune in for the nice. second season. Uh, and what I, I like best about the show is that I have no – it does not compel me, not one bit, to go watch any other Star Trek. I don't feel like I need to. That's and, I, and I don't want to. That's so. So, I mean, I think that's good. And I think I, no, that's a success. Yeah. That's the strength of the Cause show. Because I think the show, I think the show, is doing a good job on hitting on Star Trek fans, casual like hardcore Star Trek fans, casual Star Trek fans, and non Star Trek fans. Right. Um, yeah. Yeah. Yes. 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 Oh, last question on the Star Trek stuff before we move on here. For Miko Matter, it was good, but Marinette needs to face some consequences and learn some lessons. She's going to get herself or someone killed. I think simply that won't happen because it's a cartoon. <laughs> and it's a Star Trek. Like everything, like part of the Star Trek formula is like things almost reset week to week. And I feel like yeah. previous or most Star Trek shows don't necessarily have big consequences. Lasting consequences even if a character does something wrong they learn their lesson in the episode and then they move on and maybe make <laughs> and then that they make the mistake, mistake a month later three three or four seasons later <laughs> not tucker though no. well he died tucker made the, the ultimate finale. sacrifice supposedly unless you read the books wait what in star trek enterprise uh a bunch of bounty hunters or something board the enterprise ship and they have archer at gunpoint and then Tucker sacrifices himself in order to save the captain. But it was done in such a way where you as a fan were like, we've seen this move maneuver before. They could have easily avoided Tucker having to blow himself up and the bounty hunters. It was very stupid. But it was the last episode, so whatever. Speaking, Interesting. speaking of books, uh, something I didn't put on the, the outline that I actually I don't think we've talked about yet on this podcast, even though it was announced months ago is the uh, Star Wars High Republic stuff. There was a, a little bit more details that came out about the first... Uh, it's going to be a book that launches the High Republic. And for those who don't know, the High Republic is a multi... Uh, multiple formats of uh, expanded Star Wars universe stuff. And High Republic is like... Knights of the Old Republic is going to take place thousands and thousands of years 200 before. years yeah thousands and thousands 200 of years. years before the events of episode one yeah so it's a prequel to the prequel it's a prequel to the prequel but it's gonna have like young younger yoda it's going to have um, only 600 years old. <laughs> <laughs> there was there was some uh, there was some art that came out i think of of like what he's gonna look like in one of the books and it's just like Yoda with less grays essentially <laughs> it's actually pretty funny is he still wrinkly uh no He's got softer skin. <laughs> he took nice. care of his skin back then. <laughs> but uh, the first writer, uh, Charles Soule, I believe is his name, um, behind the the first book that's gonna that's gonna come out called Star Wars: Light of the Jedi, uh, talked about kind of some of the stuff that you're gonna see um, from it, and it's uh, it's interesting. There's some art here 
I don't know if you guys saw it, uh, of just like different Jedi and in, in cloaks. There's like a a Wookiee Jedi and there's like a woman in the front. And I'm trying to get like the. I mean, wait, what is this called again? It's called High Republic. It was announced wait, like High Republic. High Republic. H I. That explains Mike's uh, comment. Yes. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm trying. This was all announced a while ago. This isn't anything new. Well, no, but the, I mean, you're bringing this to a point, right? No, because well, Chris Soul, Chris, Chris Soul, yes, the author did an interview with the Hollywood Reporter, kind of shedding some new details about the process and how they've been working on this for like five years. Um, supposedly the rumor I heard was that this was, they started this process before they started the sequel process. Yes. So this was in development before there was a solid idea to go fuck up the sequels. Nice. Wow. (laughs) Also, it's interesting on timing that this comes out after the sequels, obviously, and, and that we've seen a clear Disney taking its steps back on any kind of sequel content. So, quick question: What what is it though? Movie? Is it's, it? no, it's 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 well, no, oh, it's books. more than books. They said it's going to be multiple platforms. So, here's but it's like, starting with books, right? So here, yeah. so here's um, you know, he talks about how they basically had free reign to do whatever they wanted. They said nothing was off the table. They could really make the universe what they wanted. Hmm. Uh, and he talks about Light of the Light of the Jedi. Here's the quote: He said, "Light of the Jedi has a lot as it has to carry a lot of weight since it's introducing the era and a number of very significant cast members. But every project has a massive beats. There's very much a plan, and every story, big or small, has a place within it." Is Dave Filoni running it? <laughs> <laughs> or 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 uh, what? In what year? Are we going to say under over two years of when they pull in Dave Filoni because it's a hot mess? Well, you know, I I'm think... A, I'm going to take the over. Uh, I, I think they're going to do well for two years, and after that, they have to pull in Filoni because they run Well, you have to remember, the, <laughs> the whole idea behind High Republic <laughs> is not like... How can you take her seriously? High Republic. Anyway. Sounds like a weed. The whole point of it is not just like books or whatever. They're trying to find a new niche within the Star Wars universe right we saw what knights of the old republic did yeah. with those games it created an entire group of fans very loyal hardcore day that's what got fans. me really into star wars Not and, necessarily the movies, and for me it was the new clone Wars series with dave filoni so they're trying this new thing with high republic where they're going to start with books and they're not just these books are targeted for a variety of different age groups young adult like kids young adults adults seasoned readers whatever <laughs> Veteran readers. Veteran readers. <laughs> That's uh, readers over two years. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah. You have to have read two hundred books before you can read these, these books. You are not a veteran of yeah. these books. Um, but it's interesting because if they can do it successfully, and you start with these books, these graphic novels, these whatever, and then you turn it into to like Disney Plus shows or a new trilogy or group of movies, whatever, I you see. have a way to kind of re, they have, uh, they reinvent have, uh, Star Wars, essentially. Uh, yeah. or they, So basically, it's just uh, they're sort of uh, trying to create a whole... Uh, I don't even know what the right word would be. But they're trying to basically create a whole... Not, it's not a franchise, but just a new... They're trying to find new fans. Yeah. Yeah. I Let's guess. just call it what it is. A they're new, trying to find new they're fans. They're creating a new era of which they can just create a whole bunch of merchandise from. Yes. Yeah. They need to figure out the kids that are born in the next 15 to 20 years. How do we get them interested in stuff? Books. I think TikTok. Uh, also <laughs> mentioned is the actual villains of the, the High Republic franchise, if you want to call it. Uh, they're called the Nihil, which translates uh, Nihil? from Nihil, yes, from Latin to nothing. 
the nothing. They're called um, the the author describes them as ghosts, uh, anarchic, 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 archic, and you know marauders with some unique abilities that make them anarchists. Yeah, but no, but it's that's not anarchist. It's anarchic. There's oh. no ists. Uh, marauders with some unique abilities that make them very powerful and very dangerous in this era. I wanted to paint them as truly frightening. The villains we're used to seeing in Star Wars at least have some sort of loyalty to an ideology or, co- or code that Nahil do not. <laughs> they're, cre- they're basically trying to create the Joker of the Star Wars universe. Maybe. That's, or or, or, like or zombies. Zombies? No. Zombies have no code I thought or they, ideology. They sound like just glorified pirates. This is interesting because there was a group... But I guess they so in the expanded universe, the seven, eight, and nine supposedly Lucas driven story, there was a group of aliens that were uh free of the force. You couldn't use the force on them. Outside the galaxy. Outside the galaxy, and they came and they really messed stuff up. The Yuzong Vong. Yeah. Something like that. I wonder if they're pulling inspiration from that group. Maybe a little bit, yeah. Which would be interesting. Yeah. Because that happens after. And actually, what I always found fascinating and interesting with that storyline in the Expanded Universe was it gave Palpatine a reason to do everything that Palpatine did, which was unite a galaxy and get them ready to fight this unforeseeable, this insane uh, enemy in force. But eh, who knows? Instead, we did Ray and... And Finn. Hey. Woohoo. And BB 8. Yay. And uh, and General Hux. Ha 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 ha. Disney dumb gave shit. us they gave us the Mandalorian and they gave us the child. You. The new face of Star Wars. Do you know how much money I've spent on my Mandalorian costume, Arjuna? Two thousand dollars. He's up to three. It's enough. He's up to th- it's enough three. to pay for half of a Honda fit. Why would you get a Honda fit? I'm just saying, for, <laughs> for context. Yeah. Well, you want to be like mom, drive his shit around? Yeah, maybe I do, you jackass. <laughs> anyway, moving into Was It News. Finally. That was Was It News. I uh, That was my intro into it. <laughs> was it You're terrible. welcome. You're terrible. You, didn't, you didn't title it. People don't know what they were listening to. You just start talking like a crazy man. <laughs> <laughs> People like, are lost. By you the know. way, news that was announced months ago. What the fuck? It was relevant with the interview. What interview? What I get talking about with Chris Soule, the author of the first Did book? Did he pay you? No. Yeah, Did he, how much is he paying? Clearly, he paid me three hundred dollars. Wow, in damn. big quarters, it's Disney money. Anyway, wasn't news. Black Widow is going to be delayed potentially. No surprise. Is that a right? surprise? It's a little bit of a surprise. Why? Based on what we've seen with Mulan and and how no, the, but those movies well is doing those movies have done terribly, right? Well, in what context? Well, wait. So, like, if is the Black, con- is the Black con- Widow? Black Widow was supposed to come out in theaters, right? It was supposed to come out in theaters. Every back movie in that's May. Coming- yeah. So, what's it? What's getting delayed here? A, a theatrical release or an on-demand release? I don't- Christian, are you telling me you didn't read the no, article? No, no, I never read these things because <sighs> I want you to give it to me. Like, so here's I'm- here's the reason for the delay, mm-hmm. uh, and you're going to start seeing COVID nineteen. From- well, obviously, <laughs> but the the delay is coming. A lot of studios were hoping were watching Tenet. Yeah. specifically in theaters to see how it does. And if there is an appetite for people to go to these, go back to theaters. In Spoiler alert, capacity, there isn't. Right. There isn't, especially in America, because there's still a huge pandemic. Um, what? So, no. So you saw it last week. We talked about Wonder Woman, I think, being pushed back to December. Yeah. And this is that's just basically the next option with Black Widow and with 
um, Soul, which is the Pixar, the next Pixar movie that's supposed to come out. Soul? Was, yeah. It's about souls. Really? Yes. And so both of those are being delayed. If you read the article, too, there's, there's consideration of releasing probably Soul onto Disney+, Plus, maybe Black Widow, too. We're going to talk about WandaVision in a little bit. They just released a trailer for that. But now the question is, are you going to are you going to be running into a point where WandaVision is going to premiere before Black Widow, which nine months ago seemed unfathomable, right? Because Black Widow is supposed to come on May. Can I? I'm going to throw because I love doing this. I'm going to throw out a crazy rumor. Yes, Winter Falcon and the Winter Soldier. Right, the original plan was Black Widow in yes. May, and then Falcon Winter Soldier yes. was supposed to come out like the fall. Yeah, according to the internet rumor mill. It's not a rumor. It's not. Uh, Winter Soldier has been officially delayed until 2021. But is that and that is because of the Black Widow stuff, though. So the rumor will. Uh, I don't. I don't. It, no. No one said specifically it's because okay. of that. Uh, there's been reports that they still haven't finished filming it, mm-hmm. which is which is probably that makes true. Sense. And then because yeah. they were doing more location filming while WandaVision, uh, definitely seems to be more studio green screen type of stuff anyway. So it's a little easier to film that. Um, and then, yeah, you have to think, you know, the MCU is all about that quote-unquote current timeline, the rolling timeline. And uh, at this point, we might catch up to the five-year jump that we had in the Endgame, right? It, it took place in 2024. We're going to be in 2021 by the time we start getting stuff. You know, you could feasibly catch up to that, which means Disney called five years of our lives being uh, pointless. Wait. Thanks, Disney. Wait. That's unbelievable. I mean, I, I made I made the uh, assumption back in I think March or April that 2020 will not see a Marvel film in theaters, and I hate that that might actually be the case. Why we were getting tired of them anyway. Now when we finally get to see them, I'm gonna be rejuvenated. I'll be like, thank God I can see a shitty Marvel movie. Yeah, in but the reason the reason oh yeah is yeah shit. sure sure. But yeah. guess what? It actually helps Marvel stay relevant for an extra two to five years. They're Instead gonna, of flaming out, Christian, they're, gonna, they're still going to stay relevant. I know. I just we see them or not. I just for you. Yeah. Uh, but speaking on the Marvel stuff, we did get to see a surprise trailer drop on Monday, uh, uh, Sunday. It Sunday. Was ju- it was during the Emmys. During the Emmys on Sunday, they dropped the trailer uh, to Wandavision. It was just a simple minute and a half type of teaser. Started off with uh, Vision and Scarlet Witch in a kind of sitcom-y type situation. <laughs> then they're, then they're pro- yeah, with a laugh track and everything. Then they're probed about their past. They can't answer it. And then you get a lot of cool shots, a lot of reveals um, that there's some type of world. Vision is dead. You see the adult uh, Monica Rambeau, who was a child in Captain Marvel. Uh because so, there's a ton, there's there's tons of characters from other Marvel shows in this. You have the Cat Dennings Darcy character from Thor that's going to be in this. You have Agent Wu from the Ant Man movie in this. <gasps> He's in it. Yeah, you have uh, Kim Jong Un. Yes, yes, yeah. Who <laughs> played Randall Park? Who played Kim Jong Un in the also interview. Jim from the Office. Yes, also played uh, Asian Jim from the Office. Nope, just Jim. <laughs> Don't be racist. <laughs> he was Jim, and uh, yeah, and then you also have the adult Monica Rambeau. So you're you're at the, you're adding in a Captain Marvel character, a Thor character, and an Ant Man character uh, into this show. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going to be interesting. It's also directly tied into Doctor Strange, um, so that will be especially with the show now coming out this year. Doctor Strange isn't coming out for at least two more years. Well, no, this show is supposedly going to be airing in December. 
Yeah, it's coming out this year. Oh, I didn't hear That's you. what I'm saying. It's coming out this year. I mean, Doctor Strange is at least two years away. So if it's a big gap, but they're connected. So that's interesting. So what do we think? Let's uh, throw out crazy-ass rumors on what we're seeing in WandaVision. My theory is she's created a pocket universe, a bubble universe. That's what I'm thinking. Mm -hmm. And the villain is going to be herself. Your thoughts, your inner thoughts. I don't know. Yeah, I think think that's uh, exactly what I would have guessed. If it's not her, it's going to be some kind of psychic person who comes in and is like this woman's in pain who's created a pocket universe i can fuck with that and also it's a great source of power i can take over her mind use her power to destroy the world blah 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 we've seen this plot over and over again that's what we're gonna get i think honestly i mean i would have loved to have seen falcon winter soldier as the first marvel disney plus show but i'd be okay with this too as like the first one yeah because it feels so different it feels cool it feels awesome do you is it an opportunity potentially to pull in uh maybe some professor x Maybe, I mean, I don't. Maybe I mean, some, maybe Wanda, some cool Wanda, stuff. and like Quicksilver were as part of like the X Men because yeah. they're in the you know. In the, and I'm just they're supposed to be Magneto's kids. Yeah, I'm just thinking because there's a lot of psychic shit going yeah. on. Maybe a little Professor X. I doubt. I doubt the deal and everything's in place, and it's not in place where it is. I, I mean, I doubt they've figured out how they're going to incorporate the X Men. Well, call I'm sure. The, I mean, call up Aaron. Call up Aaron. No, fi- I mean, Feige has an idea. <laughs> Kevin Feige certainly has an idea of how he's going to incorporate the X Men. Uh, I bet this. Is, I bet we don't see the X Men, but I bet we start getting references of mutants in this type of show because it seems like I was pleasantly surprised watching the show because it does seem something that's very different from the MCU, and it comes from the MCU proper, right? This isn't like when Daredevil premiered on Netflix and you're like, "Whoa, this is MCU!" Then a year later, you realize like, "Oh, this really isn't MCU." You know, this is, is just the child that was never wanted. Exactly. So that's interesting. Like, it's interesting to see different corners of the same universe told in a different way. Uh, and I'm excited. Hmm. Staying on the Marvel, or excuse me, staying on the Disney hype train here, Bubba Fett has been all but confirmed for Mandalorian Season 2. We thought we saw that in the Mandalorian Season 2 trailer. There's the shot of the Mando on a speeder bike on a desert planet. Fans zoomed in and tried to digitally <laughs> enhance what seemed to be a Boba Fett's backpack and helmet. Um, but the best confirmation came from uh, Tamora Morrison's agency who leaked, what, a, a, a call sheet or something. Statement or whatever. That basically showed that um, he was playing the character Boba Fett <laughs> in The Mandalorian Season 2. So, big spoiler there, if you didn't want to know that. Yeah. At least it's not Commander X. I mean, maybe this this is all a giant ploy. Yeah. This does does seem like a giant ploy. Yeah, it's a little too convenient. Especially because Boba Fett's clearly dead. He got out of the Sarlacc pit. How? He used his jetpack. His jetpack got died. He used his grappling hook. What grappling hook? He used his trusty whip. (laughs) It's <laughs> Indiana Jones, dude. Harrison or uh, um, Han Solo felt bad, came back and saved him. Yeah, with his whip. In between, in between the shot, in between them flying away when Jabba's barge blew up, and the shot of the Millennium Falcon flying away. In between that, Han goes back and saves Boba Fett. <laughs> That's what happens. Uh, real quick, we do have some breaking news here about the Cassie and Andor show. Oh, no. Tony Gilroy, who is the who, uh, you know. 
co-wrote and co-edited Rogue One and was the showrunner for the series, has dropped out of directing the first three episodes, which means the show has to go... Why? We don't know exactly why, but it is going to probably cause delays uh, on the show. I'm going to bet a particular executive producer from Lucasfilm, I'm not going to say who, Kathleen Kennedy, probably disagreed with his vision, and that's why he said... I, I, I think he's still attached to the show. I just don't think he's directing the first three episodes. No, I bet he's uh, he's probably like attached as a producer because he's financially liable. Oh, <laughs> so that's he's not a good screwed. position to be in. Not a good position. Uh, uh, to end up our show here, <laughs> this is a little sad for one of the was it good members? Which one? Arjuna. Why would your favorite be? CW show, Supergirl, is ending after season six? Um. It's about time. I think this is this is showing the cracks in the CW Arrowverse. Arrow cracks? Yeah. The cracks have been there for like 10 years. No, no. That, a year ago, they were riding high. They had the Crisis on Infinite Earths. They announced eight more spinoffs. Now you're starting to see shows canceled but and you know, delayed. You called, you called the cracks before the, the crossover exactly. happened. I just want to say that I just knew when so, to get but that, out. But that's the, here's it. the thing. Thank right? you. If this you can see it, ca- if you can see the end coming, the cracks have been there for a long time. The sure, shows, I was ahead of the curve. The shows were bad. I knew before the execs. Knew the shows that. were all <laughs> bad. <laughs> they were terrible shows. Because they were great shows. They were not good shows. Uh, maybe like one of the episodes were good for each show. <laughs> so they were great. <laughs> and uh, I'm just going to end it because I really don't care about <laughs> Supergirl. Yeah. Supergirl reminds me of Stupid Girl. Thank you for watching. Once again, you can find us live on twitch.tv slash wasitgood every Monday <coughs> or Tuesday when we do the podcast live. Come in, join us, have fun, laugh at us, laugh at Krishna's hairstyles. They're funny. You can also find us on Twitter at wasitgood and on Instagram at wasitgoodbtm. We do have a bunch of cool giveaways coming up. Um, there's this little thing called Mando Monday starting when the Mandalorian Season 2 uh, drops and we will have some cool merch to give you guys so be sure to follow us especially on twitter and instagram uh, that's where we'll be dropping all of those contests haha i did not spill the beans you did wait we have merchandise <laughs> goodbye <laughs>